Welcome to our Forever Young Podcast, where we chat about ways to keep our bodies and minds young, because you're never too old to become younger. My name is Christiana Eggy. And my name is Sherry Marichu. Welcome to another interesting discussion with our special guest, Dr. Uche Odiatu. He's the author of The Miracle of Health a professional member of the American College of Sports Medicine and a practicing dentist in Toronto, Canada. He has been the invited guest on over 400 radio and television shows from Atlanta to Alaska. He's an NSCA certified personal trainer, certified bootcamp instructor, and has given over 400 lectures in England, Canada, the US, the Bahamas, Denmark, Bermuda and Norway. Today's topic is nutrition lollapalooza, French fries, flossing, and fitness. Oh my, that sounds very <laughs> exotic. <laughs> I can't wait to delve in. So tighten your seatbelts, everyone, for an awesome ride through the world of nutrition. Dr. Odiatu, take it away. Well, my big thing on nutrition and as regards to health, it's Everyone knows what to do. Like there's not anyone that will say a salad is bad for you or an apple is bad for you or the fact that fast food is good for you. However, 95% of people, 95% of people don't eat the recommended vegetables every day. 95%, 95%. Um, <laughs> it's frightening. That includes you, Sherry. <laughs> hey, no, no, I eat all my vegetables. Let me tell you, I had a gigantic salad for lunch today. It's salad a day is life changing. I had someone come up to me two months after I told them about a salad a day. He lost 15 pounds because it's called displacement food. The minute you, you give your body good food, the body goes, thank you. And guess what it does? It, it curves back the cravings. The, the body has an inherent wisdom. And I think people don't realize when you feed your body better quality food, the body curves back its cravings. But if you eat junk food all day, you're satis- you will never get satisfied. So one of the easiest ways to lose weight or get healthy without counting calories is just to eat healthier. And you naturally turn off, like that apostat in the hypothalamus, the apostat is where the body regulates um, hunger. It's amazing how you can actually use the inherent wisdom of the body. So avocado, nut salad is that, that sherry is like incredible. It's like, how do you feel? <laughs> you look vibrant. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad not everybody can see this. Oh yeah, right? <laughs> No, really. It's so true, though. Like, I've been eating a lot more vegetables. I used to really just like my vegetables cooked. I mean, I I like vegetables. I used to prefer them cooked, but I've been eating a lot more salads lately. And let me tell you, like, I am craving peppers all the time. It is like the weirdest thing. Peppers and cucumbers. Enjoy it. it, 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 about it's like you've you've created a habit. Your body's not used to when when your body gets used to good food, like you know, it it craves it actually. Same thing when you eat junk, you crave junk, right? So people say, Oh, I have chocolate craving and things like that. My favorite nutrition quote is by Heather Morgan. She says, Every time you eat and drink, you are either feeding disease or fighting it. Just think about that for a minute. So everything that goes into your mouth, you are the driver of your health. So if you decide to eat more vegetables or more salads or eat more junk, then you are making the choice whether to be healthy or to be 
you know, unhealthy. Exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately, the standard American diet, sad, it's, you know, it's actually highly processed. It's full of calories and has no nutritional value. So like Dr. Ojiatu just said, you know, you keep eating, but because your brain is not getting the nutrients that it it needs, right? You eat, eat, your stomach is busting. But within a few hours, you're hungry because your, your brain is asking for food. It needs nutrients. It needs fuel. It needs so, real food. <laughs> yeah. But when you do eat the healthy food, it satiates you longer and your body gets what it needs. So you don't have that craving. Instead, you start craving vegetables like sherry. <laughs> <laughs> You can actually change your taste buds, though. They're actually saying uh, we have 100 trillion single-celled organisms in our body. It's called the microbiome. And they influence your metabolism, your immune system. But at the same time, though, the more you feed yourself good food, the more you have beneficial bacteria. The more junk food you eat, the more pathogenic bacteria. So what happens is whichever you feed grows more. So if, you're, if you eat a lot of junk food, fast food, processed food, you have a lot of pathogenic bacteria. And what happens is you end up craving that food. And the way, you know, the way they trick you into wanting it, they, they're, they're sneaky. And you think bacteria, they've been on the planet for billions of years. And the neat thing, as I've said this before, bacteria don't have a brain, but they have a consciousness. They ran the world four billion years ago. So what happens is, though, what they do is when, when that pathogenic bacteria, when you eat that French fry with the cheese or whatever it is inside, you get a huge dopamine spike and you have a huge bonus, a reward a nuclear cumbus in your brain, more than you would for the apple. So if you're always getting these dopamine spike, this reward in that part of the brain, you can't help but say, I'm craving fries, I'm craving fries. But it's the bacteria. They said what they also do is though, they actually bacteria also helps you, they'll actually also help you absorb more calories. So depending on the bacteria you have, pathogenic bacteria absorbs more calories in your food than the beneficial bacteria. So there's a whole new science of the microbiome. And I know we haven't done a, t- a talk on it yet, but the microbiome, well, I'm not going to say it's the next thing. It's probably what elite athletes know about. It's probably what naturopathic doctors know about. But average Joe does not know about the microbiome. But if you start eating for microbiome health, healthy eating becomes very easy because you have lucid thoughts, nice amount of saliva. Like your mouth doesn't get dry. And you, you don't get those cravings for the French fries. Wow. That's amazing. Like just the fact that, you know, bad food allows you to absorb the badness of all that food in your body more. So that's kind of crazy. Just the thought of it. You're like, I don't want to eat a French fry. I mean, I'm true. I do want to eat French fries, but knowing that it'll make you think twice, really. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, like Dr. Odiatu just said, when you grow, you have a lot of bad bacteria in your gut, they actually do cause the craving because they thrive on your sugar. So they want sugar. And so you start craving it because they are asking for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But when you eat, like eating salad and stuff, like you giving the good bacteria food. So mm-hmm. your prebiotics and your probiotics, you because the, the good bacteria, their lifespan is very short. I actually read someplace where they say they are like they are like travelers. They don't stay long. So if you don't mm-hmm. feed them the right food, they disappear. And then the bad ones, you know, bad often overtakes good anyway. So mm-hmm. they overtake that. 
So Dr. Odia too, like a lot of people, when they want to lose weight, they start to restrict calories because they say they don't want to eat carbohydrates because it makes people fat. Or even sometimes people don't want to eat fat, but it's not fat. Good fat does not actually make you fat. Is it processed food? It's, it's not just about carbohydrates. It's actually about the quality of carbohydrate that you eat, right? So well, it's, a myth. it's a myth that carbs are bad because vegetables and fruit are carbs. So when someone says they're low carb, I feel like hugging them because it, it's sad because uh, <laughs> if someone's low carb, constipation, inflammation, poor immune system, dehydration, because vegetables and fruit are the highest foods with the most amount of moisture inside. So going low carb, you know, meat, cheese, dairy, really not the way to go. And I think that went out of style back in the 1990s and 2000 with some of those all protein, all fat diets. And they still wear their ugly heads now. But it's funny how, again, people say eat meat, eat meat. But think about it. The average family has a a household income of 60,000 for a family of four. To try and eat a a paleo caveman diet, which means lots of meat, is one of the most expensive things in the grocery store. I know when I go into the grocery store, and if I don't buy meat, my bill, 150, 180. I throw meat, whatever it is, all of a sudden, 300, 250, 280. So how does the family of four go paleo? Unless yeah. mom or dad is, what, the kids are left with, you know, Pop-Tarts and pizza? <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is pretty sad. But what about calories? Are calories just calories? Or can you tell us more about that? Because, you know, people say the calories is a calorie, whether I'm having two Twizzlers or five apples. Yeah. So the calories a calorie way of looking at food went out with the flat earth society. So, <laughs> so if you're talking to an expert and they talk about a calories a calorie, they don't know what they're talking about. Because if you had 1500 calories of a dessert, a dessert, say, I'm, not, I'm not saying like an apple fritter. So say if you had um, 10 apple fritters every day compared to a salad, an avocado, an apple, and some cheese and some tuna, 1500 calories from, from that. How could you not think it's going to affect you? Like, it's really naive to think a calorie is a calorie. So the whole idea is, it depends on the food you're eating, the quality of the food you're eating, how processed it is. Does it have artificial sweeteners inside? So that calories, calories, calorie is a very old school way of thinking. And anyone who says that, they're just not staying up to date because it is completely wrong. It is completely wrong because, and as I remember some guy, some guy said he was on a diet. It was Krispy Kreme donuts. He ate, <laughs> um, he ate 1200 calories of Krispy Kreme donuts every day for 30 days. Yeah. And he lost weight. Well, okay, in 30 days. But is that going to st- something he's going to do for the next year, 10 years, 20 yeah. years? No. So th- these sensationalist style diets, they're great for YouTube videos and TikToks. But for overall health, basic fundamentals, principles, common threads, and make it easy. It's almost like financial. I think people who have the tr- highest trouble getting hold ho- charge their financial area is because they make it complicated. You talk to Richard Branson or you talk to the Weston family of Loblaws and Shopper Drug Mart, basically pay yourself first, invest in things that you know about, Boom, done. But so people with food, what happens is when they're, having, when they're struggling with diets, they're struggling with weight loss, they're yo-yo dieting, they're making it too complicated. So that's why, that's why I'm here. I'm telling you, the minute, the more whole food, the more food you eat, I'm not saying raw, the more food you eat without an ingredients list the healthier you'll be and the easier it is to regulate and tap into the inherent wisdom of the body. 
You know, it, it, it's interesting that people think, like you said, that person was eating the Krispy Kreme donut and losing weight. But what happens is when they stop eating that, when they actually get back to eating real food, they're going to put on so much more weight. So people go, oh, you know, a lot of people restrict calories or starve themselves to lose weight. And then when they put the weight back on, it, it actually doubles or triples. The reason being that metabolism slows down when you are starving because the body thinks, oh gosh, there's farming around. And then when you start eating, your, your metabolism is still sluggish. So you're going to put on even more weight than you've lost. So, yeah. you know, the saying that says that we lose weight in the kitchen and, and get fit in the gym. A lot of people also go to the gym and say, oh, they're going to work out. Actually, when you work out a lot, you get more hungry. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because, you know, once I heard that people who swim for like exercise actually tend to eat more because they lose so many calories swimming. And it totally scared me. And I was one that I used to swim competitively when I was young. So I'm like, how can I stop swimming? Because in my mind, I think I'm going to eat more after I swim than if I go to the gym. A lot of those depends on what you're eating. Like it's impossible to gain weight on salads, vegetables, salmon, tuna, avocados, cherries. Impossible. Try and eat avocados till you're you're bursting. It's impossible. (laughs) Try and eat salad. Try and eat a thousand calories with a salad. Unless you put a really sloppy salad, uh, salad dressing on. It's not going to happen. It um, takes forever. <laughs> it would take forever. Your jaw would get sore, you know? Yeah. But, but what the, another thing they found out was though, and the whole thing, and I keep getting back to the microbiome because it's new and I've, I want to have it to be new for your audience because it's not going to go mainstream for about another five or seven years. But part, another thing that they discovered, so Dr. Emron Mayer, he's a gastroenterologist out of California. He wrote a book called The Mind-Gut Connection really good book on the microbiome. He said that the average person in North America eats approximately their body weight in food additives every year. So soybean oil, citric acid, emulsifiers, fillers, stabilizers. So that's a lot of weight when you think about it. But what, what he said is, and this is not my research, this is Dr. Emma Mayer. He said, food additives and preservatives and emulsifiers disrupt your gut flora and they contribute to low-grade chronic inflammation in the GI tract. When you have chronic inflammation in the GI tract, you don't absorb calories well. It's a stress to the body, so it slows down digestion, which means you absorb more calories from the food. And also, you you create um, more inflammation elsewhere because when your gut flora is disrupted, when the bacteria aren't happy because of all the processed fast food you're eating, the communication between them and the immune system is disrupted. They've actually shown that up to 70 to 80% of, of the cellular constituents of your immune system. This is powerful. When you think of trying to be healthy, COVID, et cetera. So up to 80% of your immune system, cellular constituents, what makes up your immune system is in the 26 feet of GI tract, in the 26 feet of GI tract. So if your bacteria is disrupted from eating processed food, stress disrupts it, eating too much sugar disrupts it, not enough sleep disrupts it, not exercising disrupts it. Now you have poor communication between the bacteria and the immune system. And now they get hyperinflammatory. Now you get food sensitivities. Now you have um, autoimmune disease rosacea, eczema, psoriasis, fibromyalgia, ankylosing spondylitis. There's about 100 different autoimmune diseases. 55 million people in North America suffer from them. And these gastroenterologists are now saying the basis of this is in the GI tract. Hmm. This is powerful. This, this is a way a lot, like 50 million, 55 million people could start getting better by looking at how, how they could bring more stability to their gut flora, to their microbiome, 
And this is the whole new science of the microbiome. It's, it's, it's shaking the foundation of medicine and nutrition. And yeah. so it's, it's not just as simple as like taking an, an acidophilus pill, is it? Well, we try, and again, I think we always try and, we always, it's called reductionistic. And a lot of the people who talk about people who don't do well with nutrition is they reduce it. As long as I take vitamin C, D, right. I don't care what's it in. You take a, if you take a vitamin D tablet, it's not going to absorb, absorb as well as a vitamin D drop in oil. You know, what's your vitamin Z? What's the form of it? Is it synthetic? Is it natural? Right. You, you, you absorb vitamin C better if it's in a grapefruit or a kiwi. So People often reduce it to one single supplement. There's actually 200 carotenoids in a tomato, 200. So um, there's 300 polyphenols, 300. Um, these are flavonoids, these are anti-inflammatory, 300 of them in extra virgin olive oil. How do you make that into a pill? Nature is smarter than any supplement company could ever put together. But again, you can make it easy by just eating more natural food. And you're like, ooh, that sounds so easy. But so why are 70% of people overweight? 70%. And what was it again? 95% of the people that don't eat the recommended serving of vegetables. So five to nine servings of fruits and vegetables every day, 95%. So again, I've I've about 1800 patients. I I love my patients. I often learn off them. A lot of smart people, Christina comes to my office, obviously. So I I learn (laughs) off my smart patients. So anytime I (laughs) But but the thing though, Dr. Odiatu, the other unfortunate thing about, you know, trying to eat healthy is that a lot of these foods, actually, like the vegetables, are they really vegetables? Like even the fish, now you grow your fish, it, it, like you go to the market, a supermarket, you see all these beautiful, nice looking fish and it's farm grown, right? So like this, they, we're not allowing vegetables and, and fruits to have their natural growth. Like, so what's really happening? Or you put a tomato in your fridge. I've had tomatoes in my fridge for months. Don't put tomatoes in your fridge. Are they really tomatoes? Whereas when you get it from your backyard, they rot so quickly. So even when you are trying to eat, there's so much, our foods are so loaded with chemicals. Like, you know, so that even when you're trying to eat right, you're not actually getting the full benefit, although not everyone can afford organic, but still, I think, see, trying to eat food as naturally close to how it was made is still better than all the processed stuff. Yeah, for sure. You know what? And then again, when, if, if someone had a disease or if you were an Olympic athlete or a Hollywood star trying to come clean and you want to you know, stay young because it's, it's your business to stay young. I would say eat our all organic, you no know, pesticides, herbicides, and fungicides. But also to eat no pesticides, herbicides, and fungicides, you need to make about $100,000 a year. And that's going to be one or two people. So the average Canadian, it's not possible. So I think sometimes when we talk about pesticides, herbicides, and fungicides, people give up. It's like, can't do it. It's going to go through a drive-through. So, and then this is like from Michael McGregor. He wrote a book called How Not to Die, really good title. He's a medical doctor. And so in 2016, he said, we receive such a huge, tremendous benefit from eating conventional, so regular fruit and vegetables, that it far outweighs the bump in risk from pesticides. So this is um, from Food Chemistry Toxicology Journal in 2012. So what he's saying is, if we, Canadians are already confused. That's why they changed the food guide from, from portion control and serving size, because People didn't know what a portion was. They didn't know how much, how big, how much a serving with rice was. They didn't know what, a, what an apple is, like in terms of what size of an apple. So now they went to this new, Health Canada came out with a new food guide in January. Because people are confused. I think when people get confused, they go through the drive-through. 
But if you look at the statement, and it's actually from, it's about nine years old already, from Food Chemi Chemistry Toxicology Journal in 2012. It said, there's such a huge boost benefit from eating conventional produce, regular fruit and vegetables. Don't worry about where they come from. It far outweighs the bump in risk from the herbicides and pesticides. And I think that's very comforting for most people because they're already paranoid with COVID. They're paranoid of the pandemic. They're paranoid of what's going on. They want to know what's the side effects. So now we tell them what you eat, you have to be scared of. So I see a lot of programs, especially in like fringe nutrition areas, talking about how bad food is. But by making it scary and confusing, people fall off the wagon in droves. So I will eat anything in Loblaws or any of the big grocery stores. There are some things that I would like to get organic, but it's never stopped me eating a blueberry. So Sherry and Christina, if you invite me over to your house and you have no organic food at your barbecue, I'm going to go, excuse me, there's no free range chicken here? There's no <laughs> organic blueberries? I'm going to take my organic wine and leave. So, <laughs> so I think, and I, my whole goal is to bring hope and, and give people a chance that it's easier. And I think we do as experts, and I think sometimes if you had 10 experts on, if you had 10 there are 10 nutrition experts on this show, Forever Young. We would all be arguing over the most fringe, esoteric subject. But I look for the common threads. So the reason why I get invited, I think, so from September to December, so four <laughs> months at the end of the year, uh, hopefully um, I'll have my second shot by then. It's booked in August, my vaccine. <laughs> I'm invited 50, to fit lecture 15 times. Seattle, wow. Florida, California, you name it. And it's because I make things easy because most fitness experts, nutrition experts make it. I sit there going... I have a certifications. I have two degrees. If I can't understand it, how's the average person understanding it? So I get annoyed. I'm like, could you make this easy? What's the one takeaway the average Joe can make? So the biggest thing again, I'm going to repeat it again because it's so important. So the huge benefit of eating conventional, so that's any kind of fruit and vegetable in your grocery store, far outweighs the bump, the small bump in risk from pesticides and herbicides. So I love that statement. It's powerful. So the journal is Food Chemistry Toxicology 2012. That's one to remember because I think we do make it too confusing. Whatever it's confusing, we go through the drive-thru. We go through the drive-thru. That is so important to know. Like personally, I don't look for organic food. I, I still eat the, the stuff. The only thing I don't do, though, I don't buy farm grown fish. <laughs> I just okay. can't do it. I prefer the wild catch. Yes. But the other thing too, it's so confusing for the average person to know what to do in terms of what to buy. When you go to the groceries, the things that are unhealthy for you are a lot cheaper. It's like, okay, you take bread, something as simple as bread, for instance. The bread that are more healthy are like maybe it's four, five, six bucks. Mm -hmm. The ones that are no good for you is like, you know, three for two dollars. If you have a big family, which one are you going to get? Yeah. The other thing also is a lot of people don't understand how to read labels. So a lot of things are marketed as healthy, but they're actually, Sherry and I were just talking about some of these common drinks. Not going, yeah. We're not going to name any company, but like hot chocolate or coffee, especially oh, yes. the coffee. Full of sugar. Spoons <laughs> of sugar. And you don't even know it, but you enjoy it. And some people do that every day. And they, they trying to eat healthy on the other hand and say, oh, I don't lose weight, I can't lose weight because they just don't understand. Like there's this yardstick for measuring amount of um, sugar in whatever you buy, like five grams or less of sugar in any food is good for you. Five grams of fiber 
in anything and higher is good for you because we don't eat a lot of fiber. And then when you come to protein, five grams of uh, protein, because we, we, like a lot of us personally, I'm a meat eater. We eat a lot of meat, but your body does re- not really need that much meat, right? And mm-hmm. the body cannot stop protein. So even athletes, a lot of them, oh, they, they survive on protein and this and that, but your body does not store it. So mm-hmm. if you have excess, it flushes out. So how? what do you think is the best way to educate people when they go to buy stuff, what to know what to buy, you know, the simple <laughs> things that can help them. Okay. So, so basically though, if you eat an apple, you don't need to know how much sugar is in it. If you eat some blueberries, forget the sugar, avocado, broccoli, asparagus, mushrooms, beets, peppers. You don't need to, you don't need to start looking at the, because there is no ingredients list. Like God made, gave us, the, there's no ingredients list. There's no side effects to a tomato. There's no side effects to beets. However, so I would say the more natural food you eat, the easier it is to be healthy and you don't have to become a PhD in nutrition. If you eat a salad with avocado, romaine lettuce, walnuts, I'm getting hungry now, blueberries, <laughs> um, some cherry tomatoes with some goat cheese, yeah. and some extra virgin olive oil and balsamic vinegar, do you need to count the calories? All that food goes straight to your joint, your brain, your heart, your muscles for repair. But the only time you got to worry about calories is if you eat that little thing of some of those little pints, those little dessert things of Hagen dolls let's say, or Ben and Jerry's. It'll say 150 calories per serving. And you're like, oh, this is only 150. Well, there's, there's like six, there's like five servings in that little thing. So we'll eat the whole thing watching Emily in Paris and Netflix. And you're thinking, oh, it's only 150 per serving. You ate four servings. It was 600 calories. It was as much as the Big Mac, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, But unfortunately, though, Dr. Odiato, we live in a fast-paced society, a lot of people don't have time to eat all this, but you still have to depend on those things that have calories, right? You still have to purchase things. You still have to buy your breads and your snacks for your children and cereal and all that. So if how do you balance it? Because not a lot of people are going to go out and say, you know, the cherries and avocados and stuff like okay. that. Okay, but what do you, what about if you do go through the drive-through and you choose a salad, fast food salad? What oh, would say come on. That? Come on, Sherry. I'm no, go it's, it's a choice. But again, <laughs> let's be real. How many people are going through drive throughs looking for salad? I will do it. I'll buy no, we do. the salad no, we do. and the hamburger. Here. We're talking about <laughs> the average person. Okay. Like how do the whole idea is to help people start eating into better eating to eat healthier. So how do you start making healthy choices? Like when you've not already attained that level of healthy eating, when you're you're still craving the the junk, how do you make it better? The biggest reason is you need a why. If if someone doesn't have a purpose in life, the Okinawans in Japan have a thing called Aikigei. Aikigei is a purpose to living. And I think when you have a purpose, you take care of your body. If you don't have a purpose, you don't take care of your body. So I think many times you need a purpose to be alive. Like if you're a mom with kids who depend on you, if you're a healthcare provider with patients that depend on you, if you own a business where 300 people depend on you, if you're a dad or a mom, if you're a student and you're, you go back to school and the whole family is p- pitching in money so you get your medical degree, you, you have a purpose, you have a reason. So I think a lot, a lot of people don't have a reason to, to be healthy because they don't have a reason. They, just pay, they pay the bills, shop on Amazon, watch Netflix, eat junk, and um, there's no real reason for being I think when you have a deep reason for being here, like who needs you? Like, 
And I, in my lectures, I have people close their eyes because people always, they, they get, people get mired in the minutiae. I call the minutiae, how many things in avocado? How many blueberries? I'm like, look, close your eyes. Because when you know your reason, close your eyes. Think of the people in your life who need you around. Think of the reason why you get up every morning. Think of the reason who depend on you. Those people need you to be healthy and to play your A game. Now, these are people that you need to eat a salad for. Because most people will do more for others than themselves. Most of us, even though it's a selfish world, they say, we'll do more for others than ourselves. So looking at your why means how to get there. There's a thousand ways to get there. But your deep personal why, Sherry, or your deep personal why, Christiana, is very personal and it's you. But it has to be all inclusive. Your family needs you. Your business people need you. You have a legacy you want to, if you, if you want to leave a legacy, it doesn't include eating fast food every day, right? If you want to leave a legacy, staying up to three o'clock in the morning does not let you leave a legacy. Not exercising does not let you leave a legacy. Breathing shallow, not exercising, does not let you leave a legacy. So if someone's into, if someone has a big long-term perspective of who they are and what they want to stand for, and what are they going to say when you're no longer here? Now you got to eat the salad. Now you choose the avocado. So I know I'm getting a little philosophical here, but you, you can Google how to get a flat stomach. That's boring. But looking at your why, looking at your why, who needs you around now that's powerful? Who needs you around for the decade? Who needs you here 20 years from now? Who depends on you? And that so I guess, gets you thinking, I feel. Yeah, and I guess I never really thought about food and health with the story about your why. I mean, I've heard a lot about using your why to sell your business or, you know, make sure you get your your story across. But it's interesting when you you think about like, yeah, why why do I spend, you know, an hour a day walking? Why did I choose a gigantic salad for lunch today? You know, mm. those it's interesting. And I think that our listeners probably <laughs> are trying to take a turn here and like thinking they were going to think about nutrition. And now there's something completely different that is hopefully going to help them to understand why they want to eat better. But but you also, you you are both familiar with the saying that goes, the, the, the spirit is willing, but the, the flesh is weak, right? Yes. So the, the, it's a big jump from... Christiana, you keep bringing us back. I have, a, I, have an, I have an answer for that. I have an answer for that. So they said... If, if someone is, yeah, I know I bring back sleep. We talked about it last time. But if someone's sleep deprived, sleep sabotages your discipline. Sleep makes you less inhibited. Sleep charges your amygdala. Your amygdala is your primitive reptilian brain inside the center of your brain. It's 60% more engaged when you're sleep deprived. Your amygdala makes fast decisions. Oh, what's going to feel good? Where's my comfort food? How can I have a donut? Forget that my diet. I want something quick. I want, I want something salt. That's your amygdala speaking. And being sleep deprived makes your frontal orbital cortex, your executive functioning, where you make good executive decisions, it quietens it and sedates it. And now you have less inhibition to eat more junk, the second, third glass of wine, the less discipline to get up in the morning. So when you say the spirit is winning, the flesh is weak, a tired body is <laughs> going to be um, a, a, a tired spirit. If you're, if, you're, if you're rested, that's why I think the Canadian, this, this is interesting, it was 2013. The Canadian Obesity Network in 2013 said, Managing stress and getting to bed on time. This is the Canadian Obesity Network. So a third of Canadians are obese, right? So BMI over 30. They said that getting better sleep and managing stress is more important than diet and exercise. Getting to bed on time and managing stress. Mm -hmm. So this is wild. This is, people yeah. always think, what, what, give me a diet, what, what kind of workout? If you're but, getting but 
like it's all well and good, but still our goal is to help people take that baby step to get to that level. So like I'm still talking to that, the average person. Up until I started at Alexis Lodge, I used to drink a can of pop every day. And when I started, my cook told me, she's a Russian lady. She said, Christiana, this is bad for you. Can't do it. I'm like, oh, I can't live without it. But when I got in, into health and wellness, like my day used to start, of course, I am not a big eater. I'll have a pastry for breakfast. So it could be toast. It could be a muffin or whatever. Okay. Go to work. I'll have rice for lunch. Right. And then when I, uh, on the way to pick up my kids from Aurora Newmarket, I'll drive through Timmy's, get something. And I actually found out that McDonald's at the time, you can get a muffin and tea for less than $2. So I got into the wellness circle. Okay. So there, I had to learn about low glycemic impact eating and how you had to, in order to actually re-kickstart uh, your metabolism, you had to start eating like, more vegetables and stuff like that. And I'm like, it's impossible. I'm not going to be able to tell anyone, like you're telling me, I'm like carbohydrate is a food. It's one of the <laughs> the foods that your body needs. Your brain needs the sugar from carbohydrate. And you want me to tell people to eat low carb? I can't do that. It was when I actually got to understand nutrition better that your body has to be in a state of ketosis. Your body has to start burning fat. For energy, instead of burning sugar, the body is just like any one of us. It's lazy. If you give it more sugar, it's going to burn that sugar and you continue to accumulate fat. When I got to understand that, and it was broken down to me, and I got to know how to make food choices, right? That was what helped me. And that is why I'm saying, you know, it's one thing to tell everybody, eat salad and, you know, eat avocado. Nine, 95% of the people are not going to do that. So how do you help people to start well, eating, making more healthy okay. choices? Well, what happens is if, if, someone, if someone refuses to eat good food, if someone refuses to eat vegetables, don't eat the avocado, don't eat the vegetables. If someone always gets six hours sleep, which is 30, 30% of Canadians get, get six or less hours at six sleep at night, 85% of Canadians don't exercise. 80% of people either tolerate or hate their job. So those people will have very low energy, lots of chronic disease. They're on two or three different medications. Last 10 years of life is a horrible, fast decline. And they have a long, protract, protracted way where they'll pass away. So it's a decision. If you want to enjoy the second half of life, it really depends on how you treated the body in the first half. But I'm saying, all you got to do is I see patients come in and I love them. However, I see the ones that don't exercise. I see the ones that come with bags under eyes. I see the ones that come in that, that, that don't eat vegetables bleeding gums, um, sore jaw. They have aches and pains. They've got to put pillows on the different parts of their head because it's sore. They fall asleep during a root canal. Who falls asleep during a root canal, for crying out loud? But 30% of Canadians will fall asleep during a root canal. But what happens is, though, it leads to a very poor quality life. And we curse it when we have the sciatica. We curse it when we're constipated. We curse it when we have chronic inflammatory injuries. We curse it when our meniscus tears. We curse it when, our, when we need two hip replacements and a knee replacement and physio. We curse it when we have a stroke. We have to relearn how to talk. But your whole life, they encourage the cause. So it's a little bit of tough love. It, so people at the end go, oh, I, I'm going to start eating healthy. Well, you spent 72 years eating horrible. 
it, your body is very forgiving, but it will take some time. So I'm saying the tough love is um, the salad and avocado isn't a suggestion. It's mandatory. Going for a walk every day, like um, Sherry said, is it, mandatory. Going to bed and getting seven hours sleep at night in the dark, in a cool room, mandatory. Eating less sugar, mandatory. If you want to enjoy the last half of your life, or it'll be a horrible decline of chronic disease, mobility aids, moving out of your beautiful dream home, which you've paid off because you can't go down the stairs, you can't take care of the backyard. And now you're in a room on your own. And, and this is where 95% of people go. And it's, it's tough. And I, I, read, I read something the other day when you think of the Okinawans and people who live elegant lives, only 5% of the population, 5% live lives pain-free, lucid thoughts, flat bellies, good muscle tone, and a volitional independent living, only 5%, only 5%. So it's which side of the fence you want to be on with the 95%. And, and, and I realize there's a business there. When people don't take care of themselves, the economics of it is that you know, people have needs that get met. But I firmly believe is when you start making it easy, when you start educating, when you start giving people hope, when you start telling people to maximum 10 teaspoons of sugar in a day from refined, from refined foods, a salad a day, super important, seven hours a day, minimum, seven hours sleep a night, minimum. A walk, 30 minutes a day. Even if you have a mobility aid, like a walker or a cane, you know, get the physiotherapy. But I, I'm, 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 I, I speak to 500,000, 1,500 people at a time, and you'd be surprised at the excuses. But when you have a chronic disease and you're not getting better, and the outlook looks bleak, and you've been diagnosed with dementia, and it's a 10-year slide, you can't start backtracking then. You can't start backtracking. So there has to be a bit of a tough love approach too. If you, if you really want to live in that 5% group, it takes some salads, it takes some apples, it takes some oatmeal. <laughs> but it, it also takes time. They, actually, this whole podcast was started because looking at my residents and seeing how, you know, the, the life that they've led, how it, uh, it has impacted them. I have a soon-to-be 100-year-old man who goes up and down the stairs by himself, feeds nice. himself, goes to the washroom, doesn't need any incontinent products. I have the 60-something, 70-something who can't even get up from mm-hmm. a sitting position. That was why we actually started this whole podcast, because what you feed yourself is what, you, you know, you cannot make it withdraw in later life without first depositing health, yeah. right? But by the same token, though, we want to hold people's hands. We don't want to scare people off. <laughs> That's what we have. totally agree with Dr. Odiatu because if you are not ready, if you don't have it in you to make a change, you're not going to do it. And it doesn't matter what we say, Christiana, it's not going to make people shop the outside of the, of the grocery store and not go into the middle aisles where all the crap is. You just need to shop the vegetables and fruits and get your calcium and get out of there. Like, don't but it doesn't mean that you can, you have to write off those people. There's you know we're not gonna, no no no. We're we're not, for, I think a lot of times we're, we're not writing them off. We're not writing them. Well, off. how do you help people to live better life? This show, this show we're, we're telling doing. them. You have. You can't tell show. them, but also teach people. But how do you teach people to fish? Like, I mean, I, I, I'm not a fisher. I've never fished before. You can't just tell me to buy worms and hook and go to the river, whatever, and get fish. But you can tell me how, you know, it's a mindset, right? How do you go from eating not so healthy to, to starting to improve? 
So used to taking over-the-counter pain medication. So used to multiple illnesses, multiple specialists. They think this is normal. I have people say, doc, now that you reach 50, watch your body fall apart. I'm like, really? In your experience, maybe. We all talk from our own experience. But I think what has to happen is, though, we can't, you have to, you're right, meet people where they are. But I remember, I'm not sure if it was a Bible uh, verse or something, but there was, someone was saying, do I try and uh, preach to everyone? And they said, you're going to be exhausted and run yourself ragged. Preach to people who want to, to be preached to. So I have 1,600 patients. I don't make them all eat avocados and salads. <laughs> them, their eyes open and they turn sideways and go, doc. What's the best nutrition book you've ever read? I'm glad you've asked. I've got three of them. Diet myth. Okay. I said, diet myth, the obesity code. I said, okay. And um, gut by Julia Anders in Germany. And I know they're interesting. I said, doc, can I get a screenshot on your phone? Now that's a person who's interested. So I don't try and talk to the homeless guy down the street because he's not ready. Some people aren't ready to change. And I think if you, but obviously you can't let someone die and get in harm's way. But the easiest people to teach and create a shift in their perception are the people open to it. But it's like those, all those intervention programs, if someone doesn't want to get off their addiction, you're going to have to tie them to a bed and not let them have the heroin. But the minute they say, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. I am sick and tired of this mobility device. I am sick and tired of having brain fog. I'm sick and tired of, of not remembering, you know, where, what, what I went into a room for. Now you're motivated. And now you might remember that I can say that, well, they've shown that antioxidants lower inflammation in the brain. Going to bed on time helps your, the sewer system in the brain, the lymphatic system, flush out toxins. And then they say, what is that again? I said, the lymphatic system is 20 times more active at nighttime. What's the name again? I say, lymphatic system. What's the antioxidants? I say, fruit and vegetables. Thanks, doc. And they write it down. Now that person's ready. So I'd rather deal with people who are ready. People who aren't ready, they laugh at my jokes, that sign a few books. Oh, that Uchi, that was so great. The people are ready or ask at the end of the lecture, come up to the back. Dr. Liatu, what's the name of that book again? I am so hungry. You were speaking to me today. Now that person's ready to change. I think I've read that only 5% of people in any lecture actually take information away and make change with it. Only 5%. So I think if I tried to change 1,000 people or 7 billion, I would be very exhausted. So I'm looking for the 5% who are interested. So 5% is a good amount. And I can sleep well at night knowing I'm dealing with people who want to. And of course, keep people out of harm's way, obviously. That is a quote, and I can't tell you who, who the author of this quote is because maybe I don't sleep enough. But <laughs> <laughs> Not enough REM. Not enough REM. REM, REM it, says, <laughs> it says, we are living shorter and dying longer. And if you look at today's world, it is so true. Because like you said, a lot of people say after 50, you start falling apart. There are so many people with so many chronic conditions. Well, they buy in. Deepak Chopra says they buy in society's preconceived notions of what 40 is. When you buy into it, this is how a woman looks at 30. This is how a man looks at 40. And they were saving each other. Getting old is not for sissies. I've never said that. The golden years aren't so golden. I've never said that. I've never said that. Never. So you repeat some meme that makes you sick. And you, people who say getting old is not for sissies never look amazing. People who say um, the golden years aren't so golden never have a flat belly and aren't bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. So I take fitness, nutrition, and energy advice from people who look the part. But I, I will not buy into society's vision of what a 50-year-old man looks like or a 70-year-old man. I want to be an outlier. Malcolm Gladwell said, be an outlier. Be a fringe dweller. 
Mike, I'm not going to buy into what a 50 year old man looks like. I know, I know what my 50 year old friends look like. And they go, Ooch, what are you doing? What are you, what's, what's your secret? I wear a sleep mask. I sleep in a dark room. I keep it cool. I eat a salad. I eat an avocado. I have a gym in my house. Any secrets? What, what supplement do you take? Avocado, apple, blueberries. <laughs> oh, extra virgin olive oil. Extra olive oil. Why not loud? I think some things take an investment. So in, in exercise is an investment of time and energy. Uh, a good family life is investment of time and energy. A good business is investment of time and energy. So if you want the quick fix, buy the 649 ticket. If you want to buy a quick fix, look for the, look for the latest supplement in, the, in a supplement store. But the basics, the basic fundamentals. And here's one study right here. I'm looking. So it's, it, people always think it's greens as talking about health. But here's a study here. It's, it's in 2013, the British Medical Journal. It said people that eat a higher amounts of phytonutrients from greens, vegetables, have lower incidences of um, depression. Depression is one of the biggest reasons for long-term disability. So here's the thing, eat greens to fight the blues. You know, the pandemic is sapping people's energy. We have, we're chronically stressed out. We're, we have fatigue. I bet you those aren't the people eating vegetables. Those aren't the people sleeping at night. Those aren't the people eating uh, avocado a day. And I'm going to keep coming back to that because I'm not going to get sick. Right. And I think that that is so simple. These are simple things. Christiane, I don't know what you're worried about. I, I want everybody to write in after they listen to this and tell Christiana. Sorry. Remember, habits are hard to break, right? It, they are, but... If- and so you 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 get the best out of people or you get people's attention when you can break things down and show them how to attain or achieve certain goals, right? Break it down, simple steps. But like, I'm not sure okay, how so, we could get so simpler you, you, than you, eating an oh, apple. somebody... <laughs> What did you say? I said, I'm not sure how much simpler it can be than eating an apple or a banana or a salad for lunch. I'm telling you, if you if you're not the type of person that indulges in those things, it's it's difficult. It's difficult for people. So I would look at someone, someone that brings like say um sandwich for lunch to work, right? What kind of sandwich? What kind of whole grain bread? Yeah, that is the thing. That's what I'm trying to say. So teaching that person how to make that healthy, make it whole grain, add some, add add some vegetable, add, add salad, right? And maybe cheese or protein, bring, bring it from high glycemic to low glycemic, right? Making healthy choices. And and I think that that's very important. Add avocado to that sandwich. You mm-hmm. know, to make it a little bit more healthy rather than telling this person, oh, have an apple and, you know, no, people are not going to do it. It's hard. Well, I was Canada, there. So I know. Health Canada in January 2019 got rid of portions and serving size because people were obese and getting overweight. What they did was they had a picture of a big plate. They said <laughs> half the plate should be fruit and vegetables. There we go again, fruit and vegetables. This is Health Canada. This is Justin Trudeau talking. A quarter should be whole grains. And a quarter should be meat or protein alternatives. So soy, nuts, seeds. And they said the, the best drink Canadians could drink. Guess what they said? Not juice, not pop. They said was water. And they didn't let any lobby groups have effect on them. So it, was, it caused a big problem. But Health Canada in January 2019, it's the most progressive food guide out of all 200 countries in the world. And if you, look, if you Google Health Canada food guide plate, you'll be shocked how easy that is. 
like it will be shocked. It's yeah, make it easy and simple. Exactly. And I think, you know, when we say Christiana, when I'm saying like basics, you know, fruits and vegetables, but that means you're adding that, add that to a meal. Like, so if someone is telling you they're used to having rice, and, exactly. and chicken for lunch, like my family would, mm-hmm. I'd say, let's make sure we have half of that plate full of vegetables, whether it's a salad or whether it's steamed broccoli or bok choy or whatever it is. You know, it doesn't need to be your avocado. And That's what I was just salad, going to, right? I was gonna ask you that as ethnic people, Chinese, <laughs> your people and my people not eat that rice and eating all these vegetables and stuff. So how do you make, I know a lot of people like who have diabetes or other conditions and all they ask is tell me how to make my food more healthy. Give me, just give me the... But are they, are they just, are they just kind of curious? Are they really interested? Because I'll say something, show me me the list of medicines you're on. Show me the list of medicines you're on. (laughs) Do you you like being on those medicines? No one says yes. Oh, I love my 10 different prescriptions. Do you like the way you look and feel in the morning? I hate it. Do do you have, close your eyes. Do you have pain anywhere in your body right now? Yeah, my sciatica and my neck hurts me. Do you like the way your last half your life is ending up? I don't like it. I try and get people to feel that pain. And when people feel pain, now they get motivated. I, you could start reducing the inflammatory burden by some berries. You know what? There's 250,000 known plants on the planet. The world eats basically 200 of them. 200. We don't eat much stuff. And they've shown people eat a lot of variety, look better, feel younger, age better. 80% of what the three of us eat is from 12 food items and five kinds of meat. This is insane. And so... If we want to start looking, feeling younger, if we want to start having people shocked, if you want, I say, why don't you have, make it your goal to have people shocked when you tell them how old you are. And I'm not sure that could be a vain reason, but get, use, use whatever it takes to start making better decisions more often and celebrate the apple, celebrate the cherries. <laughs> Instead of white rice, white rice, sorry, wild rice, long grain, brown rice. And if you can have rice on its own, put, put, extra virgin olive oil in it, which lowers the glycemic index, which means nothing to the average person, lower, and put some balsamic vinegar on, have a piece of protein. Now that meal is something that is not going to spike your blood sugar. But you don't need to eat a pound of rice if you're sitting watching Netflix all day. You need to eat a pound of rice if you're Michael Phelps or if you're an NFL athlete. But most of us eat way too much for our activity level. By, so eat depending on your activity level. It's another way to look at it. So if you have a very inactive day planned, eat less. If you're going to do a day full of gardening, eat more. You know, I'm just trying to make it easy. I'm trying to tap into. Now you're talking my language. This is what I've been saying. We need to be real. People are still going to eat the fufu and the rice and the the potatoes and bread. That is where I was talking about the, the sugar content. When you're looking at a loaf of bread and you see that this bread says it has 10 grams of sugar, but it also has maybe four grams of fiber. That automatically tells you that the sugar content is six because you have to subtract your fiber from the sugar, right? That makes it complicated. That make, I, can, I, don't, I don't even understand what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. I need a calculator for that one. Eat more I am, okay, what I'm saying is <laughs> teaching people 
how to eat healthy, that you need five grams of sugar or less. And then when you buy the loaf of bread or whatever you buy in your cereal, make sure that there's some fiber because that cancels out some of the sugar content. People are still going to eat these things, but how do they make healthy choices? People start out, you know what people say though? They're, they're like 40 years old. What's, what's, what's a food with fiber in it? Do you not have the internet? Like, what do, you, do, you, not have, do you not have Google? What, are some, what, what the heck? I don't get it. Um, and then they start making it complicated. Insoluble or soluble. Oh, now you're off. Now you're going to fall off the wagon. Like fiber is whole grain bread, not whole wheat, whole grain bread. Whole grain. All vegetables, fiber, all fruit is fiber. Couscous, quinoa, brown rice, wild rice, porridge, slow cooked oats. Can we get any easier? Can we get any cheaper? Porridge. Porridge and slow cooked oats is an inexpensive meal that will feed a family of four. If you want to increase the way it tastes, throw some nuts on it to get some good fat. Blueberries. Blueberries, raspberries. raspberries. If we're telling people to eat fruits, there are some fruits that are so high in sugar that you don't want them to eat. Fruit, fruit is not fruit is not Donald Trump's problem. <laughs> fruit, fruit is not what made Elvis two hundred and fifty pounds. Fruit was not what got Jen, uh, what what uh, John Belushi to two hundred and twenty pounds. Fruit was never made anyone fat. Fruit, fruit, fruit. You show me one person that lost their diet because they ate too many apples and oranges. No, no, but if show me. Show, I want you to show me one person. Like, you know what? I used to look amazing. I used to look amazing. Until I started eating cheese. Until I started eating bananas. I beg to differ because fruits like pineapples and and watermelon and and some of those high glycemic index fruits can definitely increase because when when your metabolism is broken, right? When you're not burning fat, you're just burning sugar. Mm -hmm. The more sugar you eat, the more fat you're going to store because your body does not discriminate where the sugar is coming from. Your body is not saying, hmm, that sugar came from pineapple. It's healthy. I'm not going to store it as fat. So you still have to make those choices about the, the, the good low glycemic um, fruits that you should eat, like the berries and, of course, the apples and stuff like that. So that is what I'm saying. You need to teach people how to eat properly for health and, you know, hold people's hands. It's not that easy. There's so much out there. Like people talk about intermittent fasting. There's so much like, yeah, people lose weight and stuff like that. But just, you know, common sense, simple guidance is all well, I'm we, asking. We, well, we agree with you. Like, we agree, uh, Christiana, we agree with you. I agree with you. But the fruit thing is like, I really disagree because of the science I know. If you, if you eat uh, um, three slices of pineapple after you've done an exercise class, your body treats that food differently. If, if, if I lift weights most days, if you lift weights most days, muscle stores glucose as glycogen. So if you lift weights or do resistance training, anything you eat gets sucked into your muscles. So the three of us could have half a pineapple, but if I did it within 24 hours of a high intensity resistance training program, my body goes, blip, got it. It's like, it's like I, I sop up water with a paper towel. Some people sop up water with, with an with a eight by 10 piece of paper and it's not working. So it depends also if you're upset. If you're upset and you eat fruit, guess what? Digestion slows down, you absorb more calories. If you sleep poorly, sleeping poorly makes you insulin resistant. So a good sleeper, which is only 30% of people, compared to someone who's a bad sleeper, which is 70% of people, they eat the same piece of fruit. The person who's not who's a poor sleeper will have a bigger sugar spike than the person who sleeps well. So it depends on who's eating, when you eat it, how you feel when you eat it, 
on what you eat it with. I can lower the glycemic index. This is getting fancy of any fruit by having some nuts with it. I keep a Ziploc bag full of almonds and you can eat four, five, six, seven almonds or cashews or walnuts. Now you've eaten protein and fat. Now you've lowered the glycemic index if you want to get that fancy. So it demands on who's eating it, how old you are, if you have a disrupted metabolism, if you exercise, if you're stressed, if you're a poor sleeper, what mood you're in. So there's no such thing as pineapple's effect on the body. Michael Phelps is in the pool for eight hours a day. He was eating 12,000 calories a day. He was eating four peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day. And if I told you, if I ate four peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, you'd be saying, oh my God, that makes you fat. Well, when Michael Phelps eat it, he's been in the pool for eight hours. So it depends on who's eating it, your activity level, how much sleep you get, your stress level, and if you have gut inflammation, if you have dysbiosis from stress, not eating enough fiber. So it's simple, but it's also not so simple. There's no such thing as fruit is fattening. It's impossible. It's yeah, this is very interesting. We could go on all night, but I think to, to bring it all into <laughs> a close, I just want to say that the people we are talking about, Dr. Odiato, are those people that will tell you, I just looked at the food and I put on weight. We're not talking about the Michael Phelps of the world. We're talking about people who have hey, you can't say that all of our listeners are like that. No, no, I'm not. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. Not all of our listeners are like that, but most of our listeners, we 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 started by saying ninety five percent of people, right? So majority of our listeners yeah. are at the other end of the spectrum. So those are looking good. It's not I looking want good. To direct this ad. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, that has been very interesting. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I think we'll have to do another one. Uh, I guess when you do the microbiome, we'll yes. probably talk again about some of the nutrition and, uh, you know, healthy eating and stuff like that. We'll fight with Christiana again about uh, what's simple <laughs> and what's not. But, you know, though, but I would, like, if, if, if someone said this is a get rich quick scheme and, and it, was, it, it took five minutes and it was simple, it had three points. But if someone had a get rich scheme, and it was 3,000 pages. I think when you make it simple, I think, I remember the movie Philadelphia with Denzel Washington. He said, and Einstein said the same thing. When you truly, un- when you truly understand something yourself, you can explain it at a grade two level. And I think a lot of experts bring in these huge words and people's eyes phase over and they go through the drive through I think making it simple, making it easy, doable, effortless, sustainable, maintainable, fun, cheap, now you have converts. Now you've got people saying, you know, I'm tired of my eight medications. I'm tired of feeling horrible um, in the morning. I'm tired of brain fog. I'm tired of walking into a room and not knowing where I am. I'm tired of being dehydrated. I'm tired of going to the bathroom every three days. Well, would you like something to move towards? Well, let's get you hydrated. Let's start managing stress. Let's do a breathing program. Let's do a little qigong. Let's go to bed on time. But why do you have a big light on beside your bed for eight hours all night? It prevents your body going to deep sleep. People don't go into deep sleep, undergo accelerated aging. So it's all about making it into easy. Nothing I've said takes a PhD. Nothing I've said needs a master's degree. I've just been consistent in the easy, effortless nature of it. But when people who are ready, the teacher arrives. But if I try and teach someone before they're ready, they get really annoyed. Thank you so I agree. much. You, you've just summarized it so, so beautifully. So we appreciate your time and look forward to the next time that you can join us again. 
Yes. Thank you again, Dr. Yodietu. So where can our listeners once again get more information about you and where can they contact you? Well, then go to my Instagram. I'm not sure who's on Instagram, but my Instagram is um, Fit Speakers. Uh, my website is drucci.com. So D-R-U-C-H-E.com. And they can email me. They can message me. They can send questions in. I'm available. Like if they're interested, I've, you know, I've, I've been studying this for 40 years and uh, I weigh what I did in grade 11 and I don't <laughs> buy it wow. and, I don't, and I don't count calories and I'm in my fifties. Does that sound interesting? I'm yeah. in my fifties. Okay. I don't count calories and I weigh what I did in grade 11. And when I work out at a good life gym, people are shocked, shocked that I'm as old as their dads. And I have a very easy effortless weight training program. And again, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying my stuff is easy. It's, it's basic, it's fundamental, and it's common sense, and it's fun, you know? Wonderful. Thank you again. And until oh the next time, I'm Christiana Eggy. And I'm Sherry Marie Chu. See you next time on Forever Young. Keep smiling. And remember to eat right. <laughs> <laughs> you are never too old to become younger. Oh, I like that. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. The Forever Young Podcast is created and produced by Christiana Eggy and Sherry Marie Chu. And it is produced and engineered by Elise Hill. The podcast represents our opinions and those of our guests. The content should not be taken as medical advice. It is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Special thanks to the Ella Accelerator for bringing Christiana and Sherry together. If you like the show, please tell your friends and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. New episodes are available every other Wednesday. Have questions? Email us at ourforeveryoungpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook under Our Forever Young Podcast. Thank you for listening.